uh, a business mentor of mine at a young age taught me that lesson. I met him at a party. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, a girlfriend at the time, was her best friend's father-in-law and, um, or not father-in-law, stepfather rather. And instead of like partying and drinking, I was out back with him talking about the business that he had yeah. and trying to pick his brain <laughs> at a young age, you know, and that was 19 years old. So, um, and I then guess, he I guess you would call that smart time offline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Podcast Junkies episode number 41. If you heard last week, I interviewed Colin Gray from Scotland. He's a podcaster. He's been doing it for quite a bit of time since 2007. And this week, I get to interview John Dennis of the Smart Time Online Podcast. Now, John and I have been friends, virtually speaking, and in real life, meeting a couple of times since probably late 2014. We actually started our podcasts around the same time. He started in February and I started in April. So he's just one of the guys that I've been meaning to have on for a long time. And the recent NMX conference was an occasion for us to catch up and reaffirm that we uh, wanted to chat. And obviously we made it happen. And the result is the podcast you're about to listen to. So 40 episodes is a lot to reflect on. And I apologize ahead of time if this intro seems a bit longer than usual because I've been listening to a lot of shows. I've been listening to Rainmaker FM and um, I really recommend that podcast. I I think it's got me thinking a lot about how I organize my show and the type of commitment that I need to put into it in order to see the results that I'm looking for. Now, I know that I've said in the past that I should have it freewheeling and record when I want to. It's my podcast and I'll cry if I want to, et cetera, et cetera. Probably showing my age with that reference. But what I'm trying to say is that trying something different can also mean putting discipline around your process in a way that's uncomfortable. And it's something that I would make an excuse for in the past and say, well, it's my show and it's freewheeling and I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm going to record an episode every week because in the back of my mind, what I really was afraid to do is commit to you, my listeners, that I would have something out every week. And I know people really appreciate consistency and they look forward to episodes and I, I know I do it myself. So I think what I'm trying right now as an experiment. And like all things with a venture that is entirely your own, you're more than welcome to do as many crazy things as you want, because you're just testing things out and you're going to see if they work. So that's the absolutely longest way possible for me to let you guys know that from now on, as far as, as I can see into the future, I'm going to commit to you one thing. And that thing is to have this podcast available for you every Monday. Now, I won't tell you what time because that's pushing it. Let's not get crazy now. But (laughs) if you're in North America, let's put it that way, the podcast will be available for you morning-ish. And it's just something else that I'm trying, something new. So I almost didn't record this intro because I pushed it off like I did so many others in the past. And then I realized, well, I said I was going to kick this off. And in order for me to to get this done in time with my editing team, then I need to do this tonight, which is uh, Wednesday night in the East Coast. So 
this episode, which is 41, for me, will kick off a brand new era in Podcast Junkies, where, where I'm dedicating to have a new episode for you up fresh and clean every week for you, Monday, Monday morning. So when you get up Monday morning, you can look forward to an episode of Podcast Junkies. So let me know if you have any feedback on that topic, if you've struggled with anything along those lines, because I would definitely love to hear some feedback. I'll have to double check, but I think my speak pipe is still working, podcastjunkies.com. There should be a speak pipe icon for you to leave a message, or if not, just shoot me a message at the feedback at podcastjunkies.com. So sorry for that long-winded intro. And I'll keep the intro piece on John Dennis short because this episode is chock full of uh, good info and stuff you may not have known about John Dennis. In a nutshell, um, he was really, really into online marketing and just technology in general going years back. His, his background is in technology and in computers. And the other thing that's important to understand how this makes John well-rounded is the fact that he had experience in restaurant management. He was also, a, and, and still is, a pilot, if you can believe that. And um, I think he's just had a lot of different jobs when he was younger. When he was 16 years old, he sold his first video game account profile for $4,800. I didn't even know you could do that. And you'll hear me ask um, a clarifying question on that, but... That's pretty cool because in 2001 or when I was 16 years old, I was definitely not selling shit online for $4,800. So props to John. So he's a huge, huge uh, fan of some of the early online marketing folks like uh, Rich Sheffrin and uh, Frank Kern and a couple of others that he mentions. And he, he tells an interesting story of how he was able to provide value for one of those folks. And without looking for something in return, it actually ended up being a total uh, bonus for him. So lots of other fantastic nuggets in this conversation, which I think you will definitely enjoy. So without further ado, my interview with the host of Smart Time Online, Mr. John Dennis. So John Dennis from uh, what I'm hoping is sunny Florida. Yes, it is today. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on Podcast Junkies. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's a real pleasure to be here. I think this is uh, a bit overdue since considering we met uh, a while ago through... Uh, through Podcaster Academy, courtesy of our friend uh, Jeff Brown. Yes, yes, we did. Now, I think that was the very first, I guess, communication point for us, but it's been long overdue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, the great thing about the conferences, uh, especially NMX and upcoming podcast movement, It's it almost becomes a podcaster family reunion of sorts because you get to see some old faces. And that's almost one of the reasons why I always will plan on going because as much as you can chat with people online and, and in the Facebook groups, there's nothing like having the face-to-face. -face. Yeah, that's exactly right. I always look forward to meeting people in person. And and then uh, a lot of times I look even more forward to seeing them again. Uh, yeah. And that's why, because it is, it's like a reunion and it's such a tight-knit community. Um, I've been in other communities before and part of other, and you know, there's nothing like the podcaster community. There really isn't. Yeah, I think we all have a tendency to try to lift each other up. That sort of yes. rising tide, lifting all boats thing. And we all want to see each other succeed because 
uh, we probably started relatively around the same time. It's not like there's four or five year gaps between one person's success and another's. You know, you probably take, uh, with the exception of a, of, of a couple of standouts, you know, maybe a two to three year window. And that's about the time that folks in our circle of friends started with their podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then, you know, some of the old schoolers that did start long ago, they kind of have their own little click almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, uh, sort of the mentors of the trade almost, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think, uh, you, I think you started your podcast right around the same time I started mine, which was earlier 2014, right? Yes, I started yeah. in April of 2014. April. I was in March, so we were right there. Yeah. So folks are, uh, listeners are, are familiar with my story. I was inspired by NMX, speaking of conferences, mm-hmm. to start my show, having seen uh, Cliff Ravenscraft at NMX in, in January of 2014. You started yours around February. What was your motivation to start? Yeah. You know, a friend of mine who I know in person, his name is uh, Desmond Adams, from Mental Mastery Academy. He uh, is a real good friend of mine. Uh, we, we, we met because we're both pilots and, and uh, we, we met on a pilot forum and he was moving to South Florida and we clicked right away. And um, through, through our friendship, we've always kind of stayed connected and, hey, what are you up to? What am I up to? And here's, like, uh, here's this new cool thing. And uh, one day he come, came to me and he said, hey, you know, my buddy Jeff Brown, who he worked with at a radio station that they both worked with uh, yeah. or, or worked through, um, my buddy Jeff Brown has, has launched this podcast and you got to give it a listen. It, it, you might really enjoy it. And I did. I really enjoyed it. And so uh, I immediately got connected with Jeff through Desmond and then, you know, having two radio guys as friends, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> was it the, the read to lead podcast? It was. Yeah. Okay. It was right when he'd launched the read to lead podcast, Jeff Brown. And we formed a mastermind. And at the time, Jeff was the only one with a podcast. So, uh, Jeff Desmond and myself, we, uh, we, we formed a mastermind. We meet every Monday night to this day. Um, so we've been doing it for almost a couple of years now and we meet every Monday night. And through that mastermind, we, uh, I just kind of opened up how I would really love to get in podcasting. And, and, and through some of that discussion, um, met a few other movers and shakers like Jared Easley, who would, you know, he's like, like the connector. Uh, the connector. Yeah, yeah, he's the connector. Uh, he's a huge advocate for podcasting. And I was already kind of underway, but he gave me a little nudge as well. But um, gosh, I started listening to podcasts. I, I and, and I just love the medium, really love the medium. I said, you know, I want to be part of this. I want to do something in this medium as well. And so I did. <laughs> so what were you listening to at the time? Were you familiar with the podcast uh, format? And did you have some favorites? Yes. A favorite of mine then and to this day uh, was I Love Marketing with Joe Polish and Dean Jackson. Yeah. Um, very unpolished show, if you will. How ironic. <laughs> uh, no pun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but just tons of value. Those guys really know what they talk about. And, and, and there's just so much things, so many uh, things that you can extract from that as it relates to what I do, which is uh, digital marketing and advertising. So I really enjoyed that show. I got into Pat Flynn's show. Coincidentally, Desmond was the one who introduced me to Pat Flynn as well and started listening. It, it took him like three times. And it's funny because the first couple times I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just another I am guy. <laughs> and then once you get to know what he's doing, it's like, wow, this guy really is different. He is yeah. unique and he stands out and um, he is everything that you, you, you know, that you um, kind of... Uh, 
you, you know, don't associate with typical IM people and internet marketing people. So, um, I listened to Pat Flynn's show, listened to, I love marketing. Um, and I got to say too, I, I, 48 days with Dan Miller, yeah. um, beyond the to-do list. I listened to that a little bit as well. And, um, and with, because uh, I Eric, was with Eric Fisher, yeah, Eric Fisher. Yeah. And, and because I was in the beginning of my podcasting, uh, sort of life, I, I was listening to a lot of the audacity, the podcast. Oh yeah. Daniel J. Lewis. Daniel J. Lewis. Yes. Yes. Uh, excellent show he puts on over there. And, and every now and then I'll still catch uh, an episode. But those were some of the early podcasts I, I started listening to. So do you, do you come from a digital marketing background and that's why you were attracted to those types of podcasts? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, at the time, no. I, um, when, I, when I really started listening to podcasts, I was working in a restaurant as a general manager. So I was operating uh, this big restaurant and um, I was really drawn to Jeff's podcast, Read to Lead, because well, what I did was uh, uh, it, it heavily relied on effective leadership. And before, um, so it's a long, I'll tell you what, I'll go from the, from the beginning. From, when take, I was, us, take us way yeah, back. <laughs> let's go way back. Like I think a lot of male podcasters, <laughs> not the stereotype, but uh, I used to be into video games. And um, when I was 16 years old, I sold a video game account for this game I was playing called Astron's Call. And I made $4,800 at the age of 16 selling a video game account. Wow. And it was, it was great for a couple of reasons. Number one, it taught me a, a very valuable lesson about leadership. I had uh, in this game, I had people, well, almost 5,000 people underneath me. And um, we, we had a, a tight group of people, although it was many. Um, and because of that, I gained lots of influence. And when I put my account on eBay, I made lots of money because of it. That so, bought my first car. It was my aha moment. <laughs> you know, so, I could make so money. On, what, go ahead. One question about that, just to, for the benefit of the listener is yeah. when you say you sold a $4,000 video game account, what does that entail? Yeah. So what it entailed at the time, now this was back in 2001 in kind of eBay's infancy. Um, back when they allowed you to sell digital items like that, um, what it entailed was just putting whatever you wanted on eBay. And so it, it, for me, it was putting lots of screenshots of some of the gear I had and all the in-game money that I had, yeah. the level of my character, some of the stats of my character, um, some of the accomplishments of my character that were uh, unique to things that I did or things that my guild did, you know. And, um, and it's just a matter of putting all that information in the form of screenshots and text on eBay and putting it out on auction. And it and sold for $4,800. And then I did it again and sold another account because everybody knew <laughs> that I was the guy with the next account. The original, I, it was the Mean Streak account. It was the original Mean Streak. And uh, I created this other account so everybody knew it was me. And so when I went to sell, sell that one, I, I was able to get another $2,000. But that was my aha moment. I thought, wow, like, there's money to be made on the internet. And more importantly for me at a young age, it was, I could love what I'm doing and still make income, Yeah, you know? So that kind of catapulted me with that mindset. And um, throughout the years, uh, just led a pretty entrepreneurial uh, focused life, always wanted to soak it in and um, got into running um, restaurants. Actually, I did that for a, a total of six years of my life. I was uh, general manager of a couple of restaurants. And uh, that gave me some real-world experience on how to run and operate a company profitably. And uh, parlayed that into digital marketing. I've always just loved it. I've always been fascinated by marketing and uh, with everything that's obviously new and upcoming and sort of the world that we live in, relevant these days, um, digital was, was where my interest was sort of focused. And, and so uh, 
Smartime Online was born. Yeah, the testament to that, I think, is the fact that you've had your Twitter account since August yeah. 2008. Yeah. I, yeah. I took a look and I was like, wait a minute, this guy's been online for quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I was running a restaurant before then. Um, it was a higher end Asian fusion restaurant as a general manager. And I, I left that to focus on starting, um, you know, my business, uh, doing uh, online marketing. And uh, I kind of transgressed into becoming more of an agency and I was doing websites and stuff for people. <clears throat> this was back before WordPress really took off. So it was a lot of Dreamweaver stuff, you know, yeah, um, really that. creative stuff. Yeah, it was fun. And I, I discovered that running a business requires lots of attention, focus, systems, procedures. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, right? <laughs> and here, yeah, here I thought, you know, the internet was like this magic thing. And so I went on to make some pretty good money for about two years. But by the end of that run, I had, was sitting there, you know, looking at my bank account thinking, wow, I'm in trouble. Um, I had this big house um, and uh, I had maybe enough to live for like a month and nothing promising coming up. So I was in trouble and um, I actually had to go put my resume out there and, and look for a job in the restaurant industry again. And so that was a real wake up call for me. I had to sell the house, downgrade into a smaller 2-2. But it was, uh, it, it, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, but in a way, I guess it was. Um, I, you know, you can't handle success without handle discouragement. And that was a real discouraging time of my life. But I bounced back, spent four years in the restaurant industry again as a general manager. And uh, that was, was a, a blessing for me because I, I, I gained skills that I otherwise wouldn't have. And um, when I was ready to get back into the game, I made sure that I was going to be much more well-equipped with my focus, with my drive, with the systems I needed to implement. And part of why I launched my podcast was because, you know, if I could help people sort of skip the pain points that I had to go through, then I'd love to do that. And thus the name Smart Time Online. It's kind of morphed, uh, but, but that was the whole purpose of it. And yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah, one of the one of the ways we were introduced was obviously through Jeff, and and you actually had a webinar on mm, as part of yeah. Jeff's Podcaster Academy, and I remember that because it was one of the ones that I checked out, and I really liked your approach with how you were building your funnels at the time, and it really motivated me to <laughs> really get mine into gear because I think at my at at that point I had had one email, so if you sign up, you get the one email back, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty lame, and then here you are talking about these five six part you know funnels with a welcome email and, and then five parts and then sort of building up the, the next one and one leads into the other. So I don't know if anyone else took your advice and actually implemented a funnel, but I actually did. And I think I, I, think I may have even commented, commented to you afterwards. But yeah, that's the funnel that I have now. So when, when folks sign up, hint, hint, to the <laughs> Podcast Junkies newsletter um, to get the uh, eight, eight Tools PDF, they get the welcome email and then they get a sequence, a five part sequence, which I, I've gotten comments on and people really, really like it and it's really engaging. Um, yeah. and, and you put it in a conversational style. So thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks again. For oh that. yeah, man. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm, I'm glad you got value out of that. And, um, yeah, I got a lot of good feedback from that webinar. It was, was really humbling for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it'd be a good idea for people to sign up 
to your list just to see how that happens. Because wh- whether they're podcasting or they want a podcast or if they're just content creators and they're just, they love your show. I mean, it, it's one of the things that I think everybody should have. They should have that nurture sequence in place so that they're building goodwill in the marketplace. They're building trust. They're building rapport. The best way to do that is just to provide value, demonstrate that you can provide value by actually providing value. Yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine that, right? Imagine that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so easy. And once that nurture series is created, I mean, you, you created it, you know, like a year ago, over a year ago, whatever yeah. it was. And here it is still working for you. It's a machine that constantly runs. So Yeah, it's fantastic because occasionally I'll get people feedback and some of them say, this is the best email I've ever gotten because I made them long. I mean, purposely yeah. long. And it's like, right. wow, I got to read this. And I'm either going to, you're either going to have one reaction when you see an email of that length. You're like, uh, delete right away. <laughs> or you start, if you, if you hook them in the first couple of lines, then, yes. then they're hooked for the rest of the email, which is fantastic. Yes. Yes. And yeah, if you're going to write a long e- email, like, like a novel, you need a clincher, you know, you need to hook them. Yeah. So, so where did you, where did you pick up that training because you obviously were into digital marketing. You were listening to some of the podcasts, but I imagine a lot of the advice that you gleaned over the years came as a result of, of what you learned. So who are some of the folks who you learned from and inspired you to, to get where you're at with your, with yeah. your uh, online marketing? Good question. So when I first started with my own online marketing, I, it was end of 2007. And by 2008, I'd launched a do-it-yourself credit repair guide. And um, I, I was following at the time some of the gurus. So I was following a guy named Rich Sheffrin, mm-hmm. who helped a lot of uh, the, the people who are in high places now in the industry get there. Um, I was following a guy by the name of Mike Filsame, who mm-hmm. is now partners with another guy named Andy Jenkins. They together have created Webinar Jam. Um, which is a brilliant piece of software uh, for for creating and hosting webinars. I was following uh, John Reese, who I was just talking to last night, actually, (laughs) over Facebook. And I was following um, Frank Kern. Okay. So those were really the main people who I was kind of paying attention to. And I actually reached out to Mike Vilsame once and I said, hey, Mike, I've got a question for you. Probably receive these emails all the time. And this was really before I understood, like, you know, you, you probably when you're reaching out to somebody, you, you know, the best way to reach out to somebody is what can I do for them? Because ultimately we're all human, you know, but I, I just reached out with the question. I said, hey, Mike, really quick question. I know you're a busy guy, but if you could just reply with the answer to this, I'd be so grateful. If you were starting off right now, knew, you know, had none of the contacts you have right now, but had all your information, what would your first move be? And he replied and he said, you know what? I would learn affiliate marketing. He said, hmm. learn how to promote other people's products, learn the intricacies of their products and what they're doing, what their sequences are and everything and how they're teaching and, and then come up with your own idea. I didn't like the answer, obviously, because I <laughs> right out of the gate, I created my own products. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get, the answer, you get the answer yeah, yeah. that you, you don't get the answer you want, you get the answer yeah. you need. I was a doer. I just wanted to, I just wanted to create, you know, and, and I just wanted to do. And uh, his advice, though, was golden and I, I didn't ignore it. So he... So he, he said, you know, these guys, um, I've heard a lot of good things about this product called Commission Blueprint. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but you should check them out. So I checked them out, bought the products like 200 bucks or something like that and went through the whole product, got back to Mike and I said, hey, I just want you to know you're right. Their product's amazing. I've learned so much. I've actually made a little money by following their directions and everything. And, uh, and I, I just thought there'd be some really good opportunity for you to joint venture with these guys. And I think you'll make some money. And uh, so anyway, put these two in touch. They got, they got together, created a joint venture. 
and uh, overnight Mike made like $37,000. <laughs> and I didn't even mean to, for that to happen. I just, you know, and so Mike sent an email to his list and he shouted me. I was like, you know, the other day, John Dennis, this guy, John Dennis, you know, reached out to me. He told the whole story. Yeah. And uh, as a result, Mike gave me access to like every single product he's ever created, um, which was really cool of him. And uh, very nice. So, yeah, I was grateful for that. And so that was kind of my, my uh, early on influencers were some of these guys. Um, and it's funny because, you know, as the market took a turn, so did their businesses. And not just that, but as some of these guys made millions of dollars, they, I think as far as perception goes, as far as my perception goes, they kind of, you know, rested on that. And some rose, you know, to the top and many of them have uh, not been heard of since. Yeah, because um, some of those names that you mentioned are yeah. are essentially considered the the online marketing you know godfathers, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To this day, I do follow you know Frank Kern a lot. Um, the guys over at Digital Marketer, they're really smart. But that's really it, you know. Um, so, it, so John, what do you think it is about your personality that? had you think that that approach is something that that would work for you You say hey i don't know this person but i think that if i come to this person in a sincere manner uh that they'll provide value to me or they'll at least help me with my question is that an approach you've taken in the past that's worked for you or is that something you were taught i have you know every big opportunity that's ever happened to me in life has been a result of me going and actually opening the door myself you know there have been a couple doors that have been cracked, but it's always required me actually step up, me open this door wide open and walk through. Um, I, I think you have to do that. I think you have to go out and seek opportunity, create opportunity, or at least create the chance to get opportunity. And, um, you know, I did. I learned that early on. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long story I won't get into, but a business mentor of mine at a young age taught me that lesson. I met him at a party. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, was her best friend's father-in-law and, um, or not father-in-law, stepfather rather. And instead of like partying and drinking, I was out back with him talking about the business that he had yeah. and trying to pick his brain <laughs> at a young age, you know, and I was 19 years old. So, um, and then I guess, he I guess you would call that smart time offline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, the, the, you know, and he taught me the value of, of, uh, opening doors yourself. So, uh, I'm very fortunate for meeting some key strategic people in my life who have helped me. But, um, uh, yeah, I think you just have to go for it sometimes. And, and, and these days, especially with, with how many people are reaching out to everybody online, yeah. I think it is important to kind of go with, with the mindset of like, well, what can I do for them? You know, um, pay to play, either buy their product and then get with them. You know, you're going to get a lot farther if you either buy their product, um, and then ask them a question or ask them for a favor or feedback or, you know, um, and if you can't afford their product, say someone's really bootstrapping, um, then offer them your time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't, don't ask for something for nothing. Uh, offer them your time. Tell them you're willing to put some work in in exchange for some advice. And you, you'd be surprised how far that will go with some pretty big names, you know. Yeah, I've used that to, to good success myself yeah. in the past and even for some pricier programs or boot camps or, or what have you. I think just showing that you respect their knowledge and mm-hmm. you want to be a part of their community. And then you go into the community and you contribute and you add value. I think later on down the road, when you ask for a favor, for example, in my case, ask them when uh, to be on the show, you know, they 
99 times out of 100 will say, yes, I'd be more than happy to. And it feels like a mutual exchange at that point. Absolutely. That's exactly right. The other thing I, I think that's important in this world of like everything happening online and i've I've been in the restaurant business as well that which is why that 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 career rang uh <laughs> rang a bell with with me but i think there's some value in having face-to-face interaction like the ability to engage with people to look people yes. in the eye to read people's body language to, to to check out people's moods just this this whole dynamic this happens when you're working in an environment with other people and that you may or may not like and that you have to get along with you may have different uh, opinions than they do you may have managers that suck and don't know mm-hmm. how to how to manage people and you may have to manage people that are just horrible employees and you got to figure out a way to either improve them or manage them out. So I think that whole dynamic is really something that is not talked about a lot online, but I think it's mm-hmm. that, that sort of real life training, I think is really yes. helpful on, online it down is. the road. You know, I was going to mention that, but I didn't want to get too long winded, but I think the restaurant industry did. I'm a people person, you know, yeah. I, I really enjoy sitting with people and talking with people, greeting guests and, and really interacting with uh, people who come in the door. And um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with hundreds of guests, in some cases thousands of guests a day, you really get used to just being comfortable with talking with people and and um, and not necessarily asking them for something, but but you know, talking with someone who you don't particularly know. You know, I remember the first time I did a shift meet as a manager. Mm-hmm. I palms sweaty, face red, beats of sweat dripping down my face. Um, it was like the first time I ever did public speaking. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and so, you know, it, it's just a matter of, um, uh, you know, grinding it out and, um, putting it to the stone and, and just really getting, getting the practice in and, and, uh, and, and once you're comfortable with it, it it'll serve you so well, you know, I noticed on, uh, Instagram that you've posted a lot of fitness pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how important is that? And in terms of like, keep being, being well-rounded, uh, and, yeah. and, and as part of either your daily or weekly regimen, like how important is, is fitness in, in that yeah. whole picture? Oh, it's so important, man. You know, last year I gained 30 pounds because I got so busy and it's an excuse, but it's what happened. Um, so my wife is a fitness trainer. She's a NASM certified fitness trainer. Um, so, you know, and what's, what's, na- so what's NASM? Uh, na- National Academy of uh, Sports Medicine. Okay. Yeah, so she, uh, it's, it's like one of the most prestigious ways to get certified as a personal trainer. Um, so she knows her stuff and she's got a, a large following online, thousands of people. And anyway, um, so I've got someone like her in my corner. But even with someone like her in my corner, last year I gained 30 pounds wow. because I was so busy in my business. And my business was taking over my health. And so um, I committed this year to getting a little more in fit and I have, I've lost weight. Um, I, you know, I went from, being at the gym like five or six times a week for hmm. most of those days, I would go twice. And, you know, I was really fit. I was really in shape. Loved, loved it, you know. Um, but, um, but, you know, business just takes up so much of your time. Sometimes it's so easy to get sucked into it and sucked into the, you know, the, the, the thought process of, gosh, I can't afford to go to the gym because... Yeah. I need to work on my business where it's really it should be the other way around. So I, I've recently started a, a new regimen. Actually, I, I get up real early in the morning. I've been running uh, for an hour, hour and a half 
out by the intercoastal down here in South Florida. So um, I hate running like, (laughs) you know, I hate the Stairmaster. And and I was forcing myself to do that earlier this year. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get out and go somewhere where I know I'm going to enjoy doing it. So I think that's key. But it's really important. I, you know, I, I have more energy. I have a clear focus. When I'm out there, I get like these brilliant ideas. I got to stop and like write them down on my phone <laughs> that I otherwise just don't get, you know? Uh, and I think I attribute that to, um, the endorphins. To, yeah. The endorphins and, and the, the actual physiological change that's happening in your body. And, uh, so I, I, I attribute a lot of success to that, man. Good question. I can, as you, as you, you probably figured out, I've been doing a, a bit of investigation to your social media profile. Yeah, yeah, profiles. no doubt. <laughs> and that was, it was funny because you mentioned, you know, I put on 30 pounds and th- this is not pre-planned, but I, w- I was going to make a comment on one of the, one of the, the posts you made on uh, Instagram, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. You're like, it's 12.56 a.m. and I'm hunkered down creating webinar slides for a client and I'm having a Whole Foods brownie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a uh, that was an all nighter actually, and uh, first one I've done in years. But um, yeah, uh, so you know, <laughs> you have to indulge, but it, it, like like anything, it's all about moderation. Yeah. Uh, well, the other thing that that speaks to is I I think maybe just you, sometimes you do have to burn the candle at both ends, especially if you're working on a project and you want to get something out the door. And you know, speaking of projects, you've got a couple under your your belt now that you've been working on. Talk about the the Procast player, the the, the oh. media player that you've created for uh, for listening to podcasts. Well, thanks. Yeah, I didn't plan on saying anything about it, but I uh, <laughs> appreciate it. So, Procast player is is a media player for a WordPress websites, and it's really I, I created it because I, I was on someone's website once, and I just thought how cool it would be if I could play his episode from the, the sidebar. I, I and so that's kind of where the idea was born, and. And I just started thinking about how that might make sense for podcasters and how it might make sense for their listeners and how it would benefit them. And so the idea behind Procast players to engage visitors, so it's to engage your website visitors and convert them into engaged podcast listeners, you know? Um, so, and, and so far it's, it's had rave reviews. Um, I'm actually working on some new features for it um, pretty soon here. It should release here in the next... I'm hoping four weeks. I'm working out some kinks, but working on some new features for it. But it's it's a it's a sidebar player. It's fully customizable, so it can match brands, colors, um, whatever it is that you um, th- that you have on your site. It, it could pretty much match almost any design. It's it's really versatile in terms of how it looks and feels on on someone's website. Did you know what you were getting into when you decided to get into software development? No way. <laughs> so I've always had this interest in like software stuff, especially, you know, as, as you know, someone who's do, done some web development and um, it's a whole nother game when it comes to like, you know, plugins and software. It's just, it's, it's working with developers, working and... with developers. My, yeah. So I have a team, you know, I have a, this particular team is over at India and um, my lead developer who I was working very closely with, um, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice, not just for me, but for him as well. Um, and of course that costs money. Yeah. So um, th- there's, there's a, a, a big time investment, there's monetary investments and, um, and there's, there's just headaches and a lot of headaches. And then it's just a matter of uh, getting over it. But you know, once you see it through, it, one of the most rewarding things for me was just putting it out there and, and pushing 
like go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point I was like, you know what? It doesn't make any money. Like I, I, I saw it through to the end and, uh, the thing was, you know, ROI profitable within like a couple of days. So <laughs> that's awesome. What's yeah. the, uh, the website just for the specific player? Sure. It's, uh, www.procastplayer.com. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah. So then the other thing you were working on as a, as another project was the Florida Podfest. Well, uh, well um, you were you were you participated in it, and yeah. then you had a uh, a mastermind with Lou Mangello, right? Yeah, Jared and Lou created um, Podcast Florida, which was a you know regional kind of meetup, and um, Lou invited me to his his one day thing that he had this idea. This was the first time he's ever done it, and he asked me to attend, and um, so I did. And uh, I just walked in there, and I thought to myself, you know, uh, I'm going to give this. I'm just going to lay out every piece of value I could possibly lay out on the table for everybody to go home with. Yeah. And I did. Um, and it was so cool, man. I left there with more energy than I went in, you know, in the morning. It was, it was one of those things where I discovered like, wow, this is fun. This is what I love to do. And the feedback was just amazing. It was such a rewarding thing. Um, every one of the people who was in that room that day are, are now friends. Um, and a couple of them has have turned into coaching students. Um, and the, the, it's, it's awesome. I love it. But yeah, it's, um, uh, one of the things that I love and I really enjoy doing is these regional meetups and get togethers. Um, and as we'd mentioned in the beginning of this, we, you know, it's such a tight knit community. And, and this is one of the reasons why it's so tight knit is because people love to meet up. People love to get together. Yeah. And so we do, yeah, Jared and I, and along with Laura, we, we do a, a South Florida podcasters meetup as well. And, uh, last time we had 40 people last, uh, just yeah, a couple I was looking ago. at some of the pictures online. There's a, a, a lot of people packed into that room. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of those regional things and, and it's just about getting it, you know, we don't make any money from it at all, but it's, uh, it's just getting the community together. And I think it's important to have that, that it, it's surround yourself with like-minded people who are doing things, um, or who want to do things. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, fun. it's something you seem to have jumped in with both feet because the fact that you're creating products targeted at a podcasting community and you have the the podcast itself and then you start doing the, the local meetups and mm-hmm. then working on masterminds i think is just a, a testament to how 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 passionate you are about podcasting yes and how, how much you really you really love this and i and i think one of the best things um that I saw that happened last year was you were on CBS News 12 talking mm-hmm. about podcasting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was really cool. And yeah, um, we got invited to talk about uh, the benefits, the potential benefits for local business owners to be, you know, to, to add podcasting to their sort of content creation strategy. Um, I mean, listen, man, it, it, you know, just as well as I do, it's such a great way to stand out and set yourself apart from yeah. competition. Local business owners have a huge opportunity with podcasting, I think. And I think it's just going to, I think it's, I think we're on the, the cusp where we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg. It's just, it's, it's ready to, you know, Blow explode up. for, uh, for local business owners, especially. What's interesting is that like every other new technology that's come around for local business owners, you know, Twitter and Facebook, it gets overwhelming for them, right? Local mm-hmm. business owners and mm-hmm. having run a restaurant, I'm sure you can mm-hmm. vouch for them. 
have enough on their plate without having to worry about how to what microphone do I buy for yes. my podcast or how right. often do I post on Twitter or what picture should I put on Instagram? It, yeah. it, it's I, I can't imagine a local business owner in this day and age having to worry about all these things, social media and you know marketing, digital marketing related that mm-hmm. you know twenty thirty years ago was not even on their map. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it, it almost speaks to a whole cottage industry about getting them up to speed, getting them online and sort of, I, I keep using that Dave uh, Jackson analogy of flattening the learning curve, but really holding yeah. their hand and showing them the power of what can happen with an effective digital marketing strategy and in a way that can add value to them and bring people in the door because at the end of the day that's what they need you know i'm sure they've gotten their their money taken from them many a times by people who say oh you should be doing digital marketing and podcasting and and social media and it's a two thousand dollars a month and then six months later they've got nothing to show for it right yeah and and that's a really good point too i mean business owners are busy people and um a lot of times they don't even have time to add another thing to their plate. And like you said, they're busy trying to wrap their heads around like Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. What do I do on Facebook? Well, how, how am I supposed to, you know, how am I supposed to tweet every day? I mean, I, you know, and, um, I, I, I see a real need for, uh, people offering services like that to local business owners. So that's one of the things I started with Jeff Brown. Actually, we together, we, we started a company called PodServe okay. and, uh, yeah, we help, uh, local business owners launch, um, podcasts and, and, um, from start to finish, I mean, it's soup to nuts done for you services. And it's been very successful, um, completely 100% inbound. We haven't done any outbound marketing whatsoever. It's yeah. funny. It's all word of mouth. Um, and I think that's just the show, like you were saying, you know, um, business owners, I think they're starting to see and notice that they need to do some of these things. Yep. Um, but it's a matter of, you know what, I don't have time, but I'd be willing to have someone do it for me. You know? So, so with, with all the things going on, I imagine at some point there was a lot on your plate and that you had to make a, a tough decision to stop podcasting for a while. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Big, yeah. I think this is a big, going to be a big takeaway for listeners is, you know, I haven't launched, I haven't released a podcast episode since November of 2014. I mean, we're here at the end of May, the time of this recording, right? You know, about to turn in June and yeah, it's depressing to think about honestly, because <laughs> You know, in the first quarter of this year alone, I could attribute over six figures of my business as a result of my podcast. And so it's a really tough thing for me to sideline that and say, hey, you know what? I don't have time to record and edit and all these things with my podcast. Really, it's the recording and and coming up with the content. Um, And and the reason is because I'm just inundated with business. So for me right now, I'm at a crossroads with my business. And I think everybody gets here, you know, who who is at least somewhat successful, it's, you know, what do I do with my time? How do I scale? How do I scale appropriately? What are the things that I'm doing that I, that are just not attributing to the overall big picture and my goals, you know? Um, and so I'm at this point right now, like today (laughs) where I'm assessing some of those things and I'm assessing some of my goals, some of my goals and my desires of what I really enjoy doing. I've had I've had enough time now to discover things that I really love doing. I love teaching people. I love uh, live workshops. I, I love the coaching aspect of what I do. And um, I want to do more of that. And I just can't right now because of some of these other things that are taking my time. Um, and part of that, part of the teaching and things that I love is involves podcasting. So 
um, I'm, I'm working on a complete relaunch of, of everything of my website of, uh, smart time online won't get relaunched, but new episodes, you know, will be coming out. And I'm like, when I think about it, I get giddy and I get excited. It's like, I cannot wait to, yeah. to do it, you know, um, because it's truly enjoyable. And, um, cause the field keeps changing and growing yeah. and evolving. There's always something to talk about. Right. Yeah. And there always is, there always will be. I love, I love every bit of it. <laughs> um, and, uh, to this day I get people on average, probably about once a week, uh, people who are messaging me or DMing me or tweeting me, um, and asking me, Hey, when are you going to release new episodes? <laughs> and it's good because it keeps it in check. You know, it's like, you know what? Yeah. I, I can't keep putting it off. Like, you know, so it's on, it's on the plate actually. And uh, I have a suggestion. You can take a po um, post-it pad and every time someone asks you a question, you write it on the post-it and then you put them on your wall. And yeah. then just one by one, you have good. to come into your office and look at them and you're like, at some yeah. point it starts filling up your wall and just like, yeah. okay, <laughs> they're like literally there talking to you and you're like, I get it. I'm doing yeah, something. Yeah, that's a great idea actually. I might even do that, man. All these reasons to just start. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then your first episode back is you just start taking them one off by the wall, one, one at a yeah. time off the wall and say, yeah. hey, Mike, I'm here. I'm back. Thanks. Yes. For, you know, you, you were there for me back in. Great idea. <laughs> Love it. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, so I think what would be interesting is for you to, to the extent that you can, what break down your thought process into what's happened since the time you stopped? You said it's November to now. We're, you know, we're in we're in May. So, what thought process do you go through to say, okay, this is what I like, this is what I don't like? Is it just a, func a function of trying a lot of things and then realizing, okay, six months later, oh, I, I don't like this and I like this, and this is where I'm gonna gonna focus on? Was was there? an approach or you just really needed to catch your breath? Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think it was just a matter of catching my breath. A, you know, to be honest, completely transparent, a little bit of burnout, yeah. you know, um, I, I launched my show with three episodes a week and it was too much. Yeah. Um, it, it's easy to feel like, you know, I'm going to just do this awesome show and I'm going to spend all this time like, you know, uh, um, you know, with, with, with doing three episodes a week or whatever it is. The time investment is so much more than I expected. It's, ex you know? it's almost exponential. It, yes, it, it really is. And after weeks of being a new and noteworthy, I, I kind of was sitting there like exhausted almost. And it's like, wow, what, what, like, what do I do? My business is literally falling by the wayside because like, I'm putting too much time into the podcast. So how do I balance these things out? Um, do I hire VAs to handle the whole thing? You know, I experimented with that for a second and, um, it, you know, it, it was still a matter of like coming up with the content, recording it, even, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a matter of, um, and I don't want, I don't ever want to be the guy who's just like recording stuff to record stuff because it's time to put out a show, you know? You can, and you can hear those episodes and people it, yeah, are just dialing yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'd rather not release an episode than release an episode. And one of the biggest things, one of the big pieces of advice that I have for anyone who's a podcast who might be starting out or, or existing as a podcast, it's to be consistent. Like, it, you know, that's a huge lesson for me. Stay consistent because you will lose your audience. You will lose a great portion of your audience. Um, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. I think I'm pretty niched in, um, even though it's digital marketing. I, I, I feel like I carved out a little niche that I didn't really intend on carving out uh, of some loyal people. Um, and, and, a lot of them ended up being business owners who reached out for help, who, who later became clients, uh, who later became students. And um, I got pretty fortunate with that, but I wouldn't count on that. So consistency is really important. 
but do not sacrifice quality for consistency. Yeah, really. good point. So, yeah, I think that's really important because a lot of people get so excited about jumping into this arena. And I think if they've never been podcasting, they will simply copy what someone else is doing. Some people are even brave enough to copy John Lee Dumas's seven-day-a-week yes. schedule, thinking, oh, how bad can it be? And I think they, they really, really underestimate the burnout factor and eventually end up pod fading. Yeah, yeah, pod fading, exactly. That's exactly right. You know, a lot of people, they kind of, before they even really, like, de- define a primary objective for their podcast, what their overarching goal is, they just feel like, I got to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Oh, man, and then there's another imitator on the table. <laughs> we have enough of those. So, um. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what, it's people's first inclination is to just copy what other people are doing. Yes. Hence the, the Dash on Fires and the Dashpreneurs yes. podcasts. <laughs> Ad nauseum. Yes, yes, exactly. So is your podcast, what's, what's interesting about a podcast that has uh, stopped or pod faded for a while is that people still download the old episodes. Yeah, I still get hundreds of downloads a day. <laughs> I don't know how, but <laughs> I do. Um, and it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Don't know how it's happening. Um, I, I, it could be a result of some traffic that I get organically. But, uh, you know, I think it's all evergreen. Most of it is evergreen. Yeah. And that's and so important. I think that really helps. Yeah, yeah. Not every podcast can be that way. But if it can, I think it really should be. So what's got you excited? I know you're, you do have your hand on the pulse of podcasting. What are you excited about what's up and coming for podcasters in general? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, it's becoming more and more easier to become a podcaster. Um, Which is good uh, and bad, right? Yeah, yeah, good and bad. Yeah, right. Um, what, what excites me the most, I think, is we're going to start seeing a lot of small businesses get into podcasting, um, especially as the podcasting doors get kicked down more and more like with shows like Serial that are really doing a, a service for uh, sort of putting podcasting out there in the spotlight when SNL does a, a spoof on podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, right? that, that was our moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think I think we're going to see a lot of a, a lot of uh, what excites me is just businesses understanding that content will drive success. It will drive success. Yeah. And written content is great. It'll always be great. Email obviously will always be there. But when you can make content more intimate, like in the way of podcasting as a business owner, it's, cha- it's, like, it's life changing for a business. And that's, that's what I've experienced. Um, that's what um, some of my clients and colleagues and friends have experienced. And uh, that continues to excite me, really. Yeah, we're, we've got some definitely interesting times ahead and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be a part of it. It's like for the first time we're like in this industry that's, you know, I, I know people like Rob Welch of Lipson hate to, hate to see, call it a resurgence or a renaissance, but it's <laughs> yeah. definitely with the convergence of the con, uh, convenience of technology and the equipment and the ability to get one online quick. I think uh, it's exciting times for us all right now. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is, man. So uh, one of the questions uh, I like to ask to get a, a bit more insight is mm-hmm. if there was one thing about you that's most that's most misunderstood, what would you say this? Wow, that's a deep one. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can come off as a nice guy and I, that that has hurt me in the past. Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, um, Normally it's the other way around, people say. <laughs> 
yeah, people, yeah. people assume I'm like a mean guy and I'm really not a mean guy. I'm yeah, I know. So it's interesting. I know. You, yeah. But I think you came well, at, it, you're coming at it from the yeah, perspective that, that, of being taken advantage of, right? Right. Where, where, yeah, there are some people who I've experienced and, and I'm not going to draw on some of these specific <laughs> experiences, but, um, it's easy to get taken advantage of when you want to serve others. And, um, and, and so that perception of, well, this guy's a nice guy and I'm going to, you know, whether it's, let me hop on it, you know, hop on this call with him and, 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 and pretend to be interested in hiring him and take up, you know, as much time as I, I've had that happen, you know? And so, um, I, 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 you know, I I don't know if that really answers your question, but, um, no, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting challenge that people that are online have been online for a while and have something to offer mm-hmm. come across with and the more time you spend online the more time whatever it is podcast host you know online marketer you tend to acquire this knowledge of just having been through the trenches yeah and to your point naturally there's always going to be people that want to come on and and you know mm-hmm. get their three hours of free consulting from yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's it's true. I think it's going to happen to anybody who's up and coming. Um, yeah, another thing I'll say too is a, a lot of people, uh, I think they get this preconceived notion that I'm, you know, like this marketer, like you know, um, who's serious in serious mode all the time. And like, I'm I'm just a guy who likes to have fun, you know. Yeah. So when I get together with people at like events and stuff, and it's time to go out and grab a drink, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's about having fun and it's about connecting and, and, and not being so uptight. And, you know, uh, a lot of people I, have been a little surprised with, with that side of me. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can vouch for that. Having seen John in action at a conference <laughs> and if you want to experience it yourself, I suggest you get yourself out to podcast movement. <laughs> That's right. I'll be there. <laughs> so th- thanks for, thanks, thanks John for taking the time to, to come on the podcast. I'm I'm always glad because I always learn a bit more about friends, you know, people that I've met and talked to, um, and that you think, you know, and sometimes even through the course of an interview, you, you learn stuff that you didn't know before. And I appreciate you going in, into a bit of depth around your background about some of the experiences you had that, that have made you the person you are today. Yeah, it was a real pleasure, man. Thanks for letting me open up about that. <laughs> and I didn't even know you were uh, a pilot as well. So oh. we have to pick yeah. up on that, but just r- really quickly, like how, how'd you get involved in, in, in piloting? 18th birthday, uh, my mother, she, uh, bought me a demo flight nice. and, and, uh, went up and I was hooked. I got the bug as they say, and I wasn't able to get my license till 2007. I'm 30 now. So I, uh, got my license and, uh, it is, it's a dream, man. It, it's, it's nothing like it. It's, you know, getting up there, getting away from the world. It's truly a passion of mine. I enjoy it a lot, but, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. Man. How many hours you locked? Only a couple hundred. Okay. So I'm only. Not, yeah. No. Well, that's that's really low uh, yeah. compared to like professional pilots who have logged thousands. And yeah, thousands. of course. But um, and coincidentally, funny or funny enough, I should say, like almost half of those are at nighttime. Wow. <laughs> so one of the things I love doing is is like you know if I'm if I'm awake at night, sometimes I'll just go down to the airport and I'll grab a plane and I'll go fly. Sweet. You know, had a good relationship with uh, one of the schools down here, so. Have access to the box and the keys, and go wherever I want. I, I just log time and pay for it later. But uh, it's sort of like your your meditation time, right? It is, yeah. And I'll get up, I'll get ideas up there and everything, just like I do when I'm running in the morning. You know, yeah. 
The only thing I've done in a plane is jumped out of it once. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> so maybe maybe if I'm in Florida, I'll, I'll see if you, you've got the keys yeah. laying around. <laughs> Look me up. We'll go fly. <laughs> very, very cool. So let people know where they can track you down online. Yeah, I'm at smarttimeonline.com. And uh, for podcasters who want to join a, a community, I don't know if, if this is okay to say, but podcastershangout.com is a yeah. group that I'm an admin of. We've got over 2,100 members as of right now, and uh, it's just a real fun place to hang out. And we're going to actually start doing hangouts soon enough here, free, you know, free to everybody who's a member, and uh, and bringing on experts and kind of bringing value to the to the group as a whole. And um, it's a, just a Facebook group. Just request to join, and I'll approve you and come join the family. Yeah, guys, I can vouch for that because I'm a member of Podcasters Hangout, and it's and it's in my mind, I think one of the best online communities for podcasters that are out there. It's it's sort of like an intermediate facebook group yeah. it's not you know pure yeah. beginners like hey check out my my art right yeah <laughs> my, my itunes artwork you know and, and what should i podcast about you know we, we get yeah. a bit deeper than that which is really why i like it and uh yeah. i think it's a really solid group of people you have in there it's amazing how big it's grown so kudos to you for that yeah well thank you yeah appreciate it all right thanks again john have a fantastic day yeah you too thank you so that was mr john dennis of smart time online and also the founder of Podcasters Hangout, which is a 2,100-person strong Facebook group for podcasters. And what's fantastic is it's just that it's a great group. I mean, it's not, I'm going to geek out on podcasting, but it's fine because it's podcast junkies and I'm allowed to. It's not a group where people are in there like, hey, check out my artwork or I'm thinking of podcasting. What should I do? Hey guys, it's been eight weeks and I haven't podcasted. Or hey, I recorded my first episode. And there's a place online for people like that. And that's not to say those type of questions don't come around every now and then in the forum. But I think what John's been able to cultivate is almost like an intermediate level of podcasters and people that are interested in taking their podcast further and actually helping each other out. He's got a strict policy of no spamming, no promoting, no self-promotion, no promoting links, etc., etc., which I think is a fantastic guideline for any group that wants to be considered legit. So uh, kudos to him for growing it to that size. I think he's got some cool things planned for the group and um, it's fun because everyone in there is just supporting each other. So obviously that's just one of the things that is on his plate. He's doing a lot of interesting stuff with the Mastermind Forum with Lou Mangiello, who is slated to be a guest on Podcast Junkies, just so you know, and we're working to make that happen. And he's uh, just trying new things, right? He's got the, the group in Florida that he meets with. He's got the podcasting service that he's partnered with Jeff Brown of the Read to Lead podcast on. And I think he is the definition, for, in my mind, of a podcast junkie. So I just really enjoyed digging deep on his story on his background because it's always fun for me for a guest when I learn more about the guest during the course of an interview than I knew about the person from having spoken to them online or in person. So that's really, really a cool experience. And it's really one of the reasons why I do this show, just to get to know my friends, my fellow podcasters a bit more and to introduce to you another side of their personality. And I hope I was successful with this. I believe I was because I think John revealed some, some interesting things about himself 
growing up and learning and being vulnerable and just putting himself out there, talking about his failures, his wins, and just having an overall enthusiasm for the medium of podcasting. So that being said, please uh, rate and review the show. I've talked about this before. Reviews are the lifeblood of a podcast for those of you that don't know. And I've made it easy because you can just go to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes and it'll take you to the iTunes application and then you'll see an option there to subscribe, which is obviously the first thing you should do. And then leave a five-star review, which uh, I think that would be your first inclination. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not biased or anything, but I think that would be your first inclination after listening to the 40 plus episodes of Podcast Junkies. But... If for any reason you decide to leave a review of less than five stars, then I welcome it all the same because it's just uh, feedback for my show and it would be criticism or constructive criticism in that case of what I can do better and what I can do to earn a better review from you next time around. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. And as always, if you have any suggestions for guests or if you want to provide feedback for the show head on over to podcastjunkies.com and leave a comment on SpeakPipe. And don't forget to check us out. We're on the social medias, uh, Twitter, podcast underscore junkies, uh, Instagram, podcast junkies, and Facebook, podcast junkies. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I truly, truly appreciate every single one of you. And I'm going to start to get a little more regular with the newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that, just simply text the word podcast junkies, all one word, to 33444. That's podcast junkies, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-J-U-N-K-I-E-S, all one word, to 33444. You can actually do that now because in the past you were saying, Harry, I want to sign up, but I'm not at my computer and I'm not on a cool browser on my phone. You know what? It doesn't matter now. Text message. Everybody has got text messaging. I had text messaging back in the year 2000. I don't know. I was about to state some year when text messaging was invented and quickly realized that I didn't know when that was. So it's very easy. Anyone who's got a phone who can text message next time. Right before you text your, text message your mama, right before you text message your boo, text message me, 33444, podcast junkies, one word. And that's it. You're signed up. You get all the super fantastic email. Wonderalia. I just made that word up. Uh, that is the spoken word, written word. Sorry. This is the spoken word. What you'll receive in a newsletter format is the written word. Sorry. And uh, it'll it'll have my musings and my fantastic prose not. Oh, I do the best I can. I do. Some of that stuff is really just hard to write because every week you're trying to figure out what to say, assuming I get it out every week, which I don't. So I don't know why I said that. So I'm going to get better with that too, by the way, since I'm committing to a Monday episode, then I should probably commit to a Monday newsletter. So I think I will do that as well. So hopefully I can make that happen. Uh, three, three, four, 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 two podcast junkies, text it now. And I'm going to leave an Easter egg here for you, for people that decide to listen in some perverse fashion to the end of every single podcast they listen to, because they're like OCD like that. And they wash their hands like 10 times. And even if you're not, you're still here, then 
the Easter egg is the city that I'm calling from. I'm visiting my parents. I'm in Yonkers, New York. So hashtag Yonkers and say, Harry, you so crazy. 